0: This is an ABC podcast. School is
1: about learning numbers and letters. When the bell rings, they have to go in, and when the bell rings again, that means it's time to eat lunch. I feel like I'm going to have some new friends. Playing on the monkey bars, playing on the, on the spider webs and on the swing. My brother's gonna be there. You meet some friends and play with them. We eat fruit and sandwiches. I'm really excited to go to school. Oh, that first day of school. Have you done it yet? Your little one in their oversized school uniform, their special backpack full with a little lunch and a big lunch, a hat, some tissues. Very important you both bring tissues on the first day. You know, some kids run into that classroom ready to take on the world and then others... And they'll cling to you for dear life because it's just too big and scary. And that's okay too. So in this episode, we're going to explore the big moments when your little one starts big school or your tween heads off to high school. I'm Maggie Dent and this is season two of Parental as Anything. (laughs) Starting big school can create so much angst and worry for us as parents, deciding whether your little one is ready and which school will be right for them, and whether you're ready to let them go. There are so many things that you can do to get your kids ready for school, and I'm going to explore them with a child psychiatrist and mum of three, Dr. Kayleen Henderson. And later, I'll give you my top tips for getting your tweens ready for, yep, high school. Kayleen, you help other mums and dads build their own skills as parents.
0: but what was it like for you sending your three kids off to school? I guess the first was most daunting. so it was funny actually though when I dropped off my third, my little boy, you know I felt like I was pretty across the whole school thing by then and he had essentially grown up in that school. He was very much part of the school community, he knew the routine, he knew the teachers. Uh, and I thought I was just going to drop and run and, you know, relish in this yeah. new chapter of my life. And I got about halfway down the road before I was suddenly hit with this wave of sadness, <laughs> which was so out of the blue. <laughs> so I can absolutely relate to parents when they find it a tough time emotionally themselves. Ah, oh,
1: so emotional. Mm. I just seriously was so emotional. Fortunately, I, the, our friends were kind of able to go to a coffee shop afterwards and, and kind of really blubber away irrationally over a coffee and a carrot cake because...
0: Perfect. You, you got to
1: get your the veggie, veggie, Veggies out the road early in the day. <laughs> At our school, they had tea and <laughs> tissues. Yeah,
0: it's absolutely a new transition for you as a parent. There are new routines. There's, you know, the juggle of school holidays. <laughs> there's, there's just the newness of it all, and, Stuff and you don't know to what remember. to remember. Ex- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the bloody endless school lunches. <laughs> it's just the newness of it all, the unknown. I think yeah. for both you and your child, when you venture into school for the first time. There's also I guess the the closing of the previous chapter isn't there. You've you've no longer got a little preschooler uh, at home with you. You've you're the parent of a school kid and there's a little bit of sadness and longing that that goes along with the end of that chapter I think for all of us. No matter how you know, ready we might be to send our little yeah. one on their way and get six hours of respite a day, there is there is still that end of a chapter that can be a little sad. So what can mums and dads do with their little ones to get them a little bit ready for big school? I think as time's gone on, our understanding of what's really important has changed. It was once thought that children's age, their intelligence and their knowledge of, you know, numbers and letters were what's most important when determining whether your child's ready to start school. But we now know, and all the research supports this, that it's really children's social and emotional skills which are key in determining how ready your child is to start and succeed at school. So I'm happy to provide a little checklist because I think it's really helpful for parents, to be able to keep their child in mind and actually go through some specific questions that really help them to work out, you know, is my child ready? What what does it mean to have social and emotional skills? So one of the first things I suggest that parents do is to consider your child's social development. You know, is your child able to get along with others, including members of your family, teachers, friends, classmates at the same age? Is your child able to join in with a group and cooperate with others in play? Now, I'm not suggesting for a second that your child has to be friends with everyone. (laughs) Or get it right every time. Exactly, exactly. They're still learning, obviously. It's a work in progress. And we have a saying in our family that you don't have to be friends with everyone, but you do have to be friendly. The second thing is, are they able to make sense of other people's behaviours and feelings? Or does your child tend to find this confusing? Or jump to the wrong conclusions because naturally when you put them into a school environment when there's a far greater number of you know children to teachers it can be pretty tricky for kids if they actually can't read the intentions and social cues of others so that's another thing to ask. The third thing is can your child think of appropriate solutions when conflict arises? And, again, they <laughs> won't. These grown up, they can't get that one. I know. <laughs> I know. That's too true. They They won't get it right all the time. But if their default position is to, you know, lash out physically or to, you know, hide meekly or whatever it might be and not stand up for themselves, then your child is going to have more difficulty with that. So having a child who has some sense that when conflict arises, they can come up with some ideas for how to solve it or at least ask for help if it's all too much, that will put your child in good stead. The fourth question to ask is, is your child able to listen to and follow directions? And this, in part, relates to a child's uh, ability to comprehend language. It will be very difficult for a child to Mm. be at school and expected to learn if they can't follow the instructions or listen to their teacher. The fifth thing, which kind of ties in with that, is will your child be able to communicate with their teacher and classmates? And obviously, children who do have, let's say, significant expressive language difficulties or significant speech delays or any sort of other trouble that... Uh, affects their ability to articulate words, that does make it harder for children to be able to communicate at school, to be able to participate in show and tell or even to, you know, join in with their with their classmates.
1: Now, there are obviously some parents too who have children with additional needs. Any suggestions for them?
0: Yeah. When children have, say, autism spectrum disorder or any other condition which has really uh, made it hard for them to develop those essential social and emotional skills, I mean, the key is to get in early. The key is to identify it early and to access the supports that are available in the community to be able to just simply uh, teach your child the skills they will need as early as possible and as early as their you know brain development allows for because we know that the earlier we can provide these skills for children the more quickly they'll pick them up and and the more they'll benefit from them going on to school and beyond. There are, you know, certainly some schools have in-house support for children who are, say, neurodivergent, as you say. Yep. Uh, for other families that won't that won't be accessible for them for all sorts of reasons, whether it's geographical or you know, funding wise. But it's in that case, it's really important to be a really strong advocate for your child and to make sure that you access the supports that you're absolutely entitled to for your child mm. to be able to set them up for success going yep. forward. I'm going to see Kara, Riley,
1: but not my brother, Cody, Kilby will be at high school. It's going to be good fun. I'm going to play and do activities, I'm like painting and stuff. And there's a big bell. That, that means it's time to go back into our classrooms. Your mum goes. You start playing and
0: do
1: your work. We're a week or two away from school, right? Um, now, I just have to put a little plug in here for those of you who are parenting boys. Please don't oversell it. Don't tell them they're going to have a fantastic time. Don't tell them they're going to learn to read in the first week. Or, you know, that. just say, look, you know, this is where we're going and you'll make some friends and that. Because I remember one of mine coming home and about fourth day on the first week. So they haven't been able to learn, they haven't taught me to read yet, so I don't want to go anymore. And I just thought, how can you possibly be that thick? But what suggestions do you have for parents of our little ones beginning that journey to
0: transitioning? Yeah, when you're just a week or two out, it's all about familiarising your child. And I can absolutely relate to your example because the night before my first child went to school, I was reading her a bedtime story and she turned to me and she said, well, I guess this is the last time we'll be doing this, mummy, because you know what, tomorrow night I've got this. (laughs) And it did occur to me in that moment that as much as I'd done all these things to familiarise my little one, she was clearly still not across with what was about to happen at school and she was possibly set up for a bit of disappointment there. But it's all about familiarising your child. So if you've got a chance to go to the school ahead of time, you know, take it. One of the key... Uh, key factors in helping your child settle at school is developing a a good, warm relationship with their teacher. So if you have a chance to meet your child's teacher ahead of time, absolutely grab that opportunity. And and what I'd suggest too is take a photo of your child with their teacher and pop it on the fridge because Mm -hmm. that teacher will become an extension of your family. The other thing is to... Prepare your child for any situation that they might not yet be across, whether it's putting their shoes on, opening their lunch containers... Wiping their bottom. Absolutely, that should be be covered before they go to school. (laughs) Just think about every situation your child might need to face in a practical sense... And then, and then practice those, or equip your child mm. with the knowledge of what's coming. And it similarly goes for social situations. So, if your child, let's say, it's saying goodbye to you, particularly if your child hasn't attended an early learning centre before, then, then now would be a good time to practice that. Mm. Say, say to your child, let's actually have a practice about how we're going to say, or how we're going to say goodbye to each other next week when you're at school, so that we know how to do that.
1: I heard of a little. Um, boy at one point who seemed really to tick all the boxes that you mentioned. And so mum thought he was going to be great, but she couldn't work out why he was coming home with this full lunchbox. You're not even touched. The more she confronted him, the more he couldn't tell her. Anyway, it turns out he actually couldn't open it. Oh, bless. So make sure you help them practice opening and closing. Again, these are these tiny little practical things, aren't they? I think the other thing um, to keep in mind is they can have accidents because... They get distracted by the environment. And I'm my, my first day of school, my mum plopped me next to a girl who lived on a farm out near us. And during the afternoon, I thought something strange was happening on my leg and she was literally weeing on my foot. Mm. And so sometimes it is that they can have those accidents because they regress a little because they're a little bit worried, aren't they? And sometimes they come home, and I've heard this so often, where they kind of want to get back on your lap some of them will go back to sucking a thumb and some of them can actually,
0: you know, regress in bedwetting and sometimes they go backwards before they go forwards. Yeah, can you? that's a good description. Sometimes yeah. they do go backwards before they go forwards. They did this wonderful thing at, at our old school where they really celebrated the first 100 days of our children's first year of schooling. So every day, a day got marked off And then they had a huge celebration when they hit the 100-day mark because by that stage, the kids were kind of used to their new normal. But it took that long. And until that time, there were certainly things like that. And a lot of first-year teachers would be well across, you know, accidents and things like that. Mm. Certainly if you think your child might experience something like that, then it's good to give your child the heads up about what to do in that situation and practise, you know, asking for help, even though they might feel socially awkward doing so.
1: Okay, It's the night before or the morning. Is there anything else that we can do that makes this not too big a deal but just ease them a bit more? What else can we do?
0: Well, the night before, it's all about sleep. (laughs) It's not the night to throw a massive late-night party (laughs) for your little one and set them up to be ridiculously tired the next day. That would be the main thing. Um, look, in the morning, it's exciting, isn't it? And sometimes nervousness and excitement, they feel the same. Mm. its It shouldn't stop you, though, from doing something exciting, from embarking on a new adventure, and that's how you want to see it try and keep your own emotions in check as a parent. If you're feeling really anxious or really sad that your child's going to school, your child will pick up on that. Absolutely. And if that's you're... without all the tears and the snot. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you're feeling really anxious, your child is naturally going to wonder, what am I going into? This could be dangerous. And even if school was tough for you, keep those emotions in check and don't let that, you know, catch on for your little one and taint their first day. So we've got a timid lamb, you know, that that we know is, is is
1: a clingy hanging onto our leg. Have you got any extra special tips about managing the
0: separation? The main thing when you leave your child who's feeling worried is to leave them with a person, not to leave them with an activity. So don't leave them at the puzzle table and don't leave them at the Play-Doh table, but leave them with their teacher. Because when they've gone from... Having a need for comfort that needs to be met by you, if you're not able to stay around and meet that need for comfort, it still needs to be met by someone. So the idea is you would say to your child's teacher, look, my little guy's feeling pretty worried about his first day. I'm sure you see it all the time. Do you mind if he sticks with you until he's feeling better and ready to learn?
1: I've had some other little quick strategies is that um, mummy or daddy can put a kiss inside their hand. Um, Another one is capture kisses from everyone in your family in a little jar. It is about building a sense of connection from a distance. And I
0: think Imagination can work powerfully, can't it? One of my little ones, I put a kiss on one of my necklaces that she tucked in under her school shirt each day and it really did help her feel comforted. How do you get out of the place without feeling like you're abandoning your child? Again, it comes down to leaving your child with a person who can meet their need for comfort. It doesn't need to be you because it's not practical that it will be. But the key really is to connect with your child, acknowledge that they're feeling worried, feeling sad, whatever it might be, and then hand them to a grown-up yep. who can meet that need for emotional comfort that they have. Yep. So you would you would say something like, "I understand you're feeling sad, darling. You, know, you wish I didn't have to go. I get it. I've got to go to work. I know you're going to be okay at school. Let's go and find your teacher, and she can give you a cuddle and keep you safe until I get back." And I afternoon. always like
1: to throw something else to look forward to as well. It's not bribery, but I can't wait to pick you up to school. And we might go. We'll go to the park, shall we? And then it is actually a quick getaway. They may be unhappy and they may cry for a few moments that is not going to ruin their life. And that in actual fact, each time it tends to be less and less, you will have bucket loads of guilt as every parent has done this before. So, recognise that's kind of
0: normal, but at the same time, absolutely, it's going to be OK. It's actually really good for your kids too to be comforted by their teacher because they learn very quickly that their teacher is their go-to person and if they're having a tough time with their learning or with a social situation, they can go to that teacher who helped them feel better this morning. <laughs>
1: One of the big questions is not just, you know, is my child ready for school, but what school do I choose? You know, is it single sex, is it co-ed, is it public, is it private, is it or is it Montessori, is it mainstreaming? And I'm just really a pragmatist and I said, why don't you try the one closest to you, that's always a good start. What sort of suggestions do you have when a person says, what school is going to be best for my child? The reality is
0: some parents don't have a choice. Yeah, Some parents have to go to the local public school that they fall in the catchment area of In which case, you know, you just have to make sure you advocate for your child in that environment. The other thing is, you know, if it's too far away or if it's too unaffordable, you're going to be placing enormous stress on your family and is that going to be helpful for your child? All kids want to feel cared for, they want to have a sense of belonging, they need to be nurtured in their school while they learn. So in an ideal world, if you get to choose a school for your child, that's what you need to look for. And then if your child, for whatever reason, needs access to different programming, then, then you look for schools that can offer that naturally. But, but you also need to consider your family as a whole, I think. We can get so caught up in finding the perfect school... There is no perfect. <laughs> ..that sometimes we can forget to be practical and think about those other, you know, real-world issues that yeah. will absolutely affect your child if your family's stressed.
1: And I think the neighbourhood, you know, that we've lost a sense of that, but it would be great if... You know, our neighbourhood has actually got children going to the same school because not only do we help with pick up and drop off, but we kind of watch out a bit more because we're on the same time schedule. I think that's really, really important. I hear a lot of parents say, the law says my child has to start school at this age, but my child doesn't seem ready. And I kind of agree, what do I do and what's your take on
0: this? It's a shame that it is age related because not all kids are the same, not all five year olds are the same, not all six year olds are the same. And what I understand in Australia is it's very different from state to state too. And, you know, I think the first piece of advice would really be to check with your child's educator, find out their opinion on on where they think your child is at, particularly in relation to social-emotional learning, and then meet with the school you plan to go to, find out what their opinion is, find out their advice, find out if there's the option to, you know, extend that period before your child starts school. And if you do decide to start, is there an option in the month or two before to change your mind? Hmm. The other piece of advice is if you've identified for any reason that your little one isn't across the social-emotional skills they need to have to start school, then use this time to help them address those gaps. Whether it's working with your child's educator or at home to practice skills they are yet to master or whether it's actually seeking an early intervention for things that worry you, you know, use this time to really set them up for success when they do need to start school. And I always say to parents, you know, don't don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to seek an assessment. It is always better to have checked if there's something going on and be told there's nothing than to look back and wish that you had.
1: Okay so at the end of the day we just want our kids to love learning and to enjoy school and feel resilient in the face of challenges.
0: (laughs) So what are your key strategies to support those things? The best way is to praise them using what we call process praise. So rather than fixating on the end result or a fixed quality with our child, so rather than saying something like, you're so smart, or I love your drawing, or that's a great block tower, you focus on the process. Like, how did they get there? And notice those things. Like, I love how many ideas you had. Wow, look at this. Or, you know what? You did some really tricky problem solving then. That was really cool to see how you got around that situation focusing on their effort, their persistence, their concentration, their enthusiasm, all the ways that they got there, because then kids learn that their results are influenced by the effort they've put in and not some fixed quality about whether they're smart or not. Uh, For one of my little kids who doesn't love doing school readers... I would say to him when he comes across a few tricky words that he hasn't come across before and he's like, (laughs) I don't like this book anymore. So you know what the cool thing about this book is though? You haven't learnt those words yet and by the end of this book you'll know even more words than you did at the start of this book and just sharing that enthusiasm, not fixating on the end result because that really does drive home that message for kids that if they love learning and they're prepared to put the effort in, there's, you know, there's no limit to what they can, yeah. can learn and achieve and learning's exciting. Kayleen, thank you. Thank you, wise woman. This has been wonderful. <laughs> Pleasure, Maggie. I love spending time with you.
1: <laughs> what I know about the high school I'm going
0: to is there's eight houses and I think there'll be lots of new opportunities that I don't have in primary school. Not a lot of things worrying me about going to high school. I think just the thought of not having my good friends around. My friends aren't going to the same high school as me. I'm expecting high school to be scary but fun at the same time. I do feel ready to start high school but at the same time I don't. There's still a lot to learn at primary school and I feel that if I end primary school then some things that I wanted to do at primary school would just go away because you can't do it at high school. Um, My advice would be to be good at school and have fun. I thought it was going to be a lot of fights and stuff, but it's just like primary school. The first day of high school for me was a little bit nerve-wracking because I didn't really know too many people in my class, but then I made new friends.
1: Yeah, my first day of high school, I was so scared. Um, I come from quite a small primary school and the first day of high school was in a class and no one, I didn't know anyone. It was terrifying and it was such a big space coming from the primary school that I was at. I would say that it's okay that you're not with all the people that you knew and that you're going to make new friends even if it doesn't feel like it now and it'll happen. It's really hard, but just to throw yourself into it, you make so many friends and it's so worth
0: it. I would say... Just have fun and don't be scared about the oldest people or the teachers or anything because it's just a little part of your life and it's just fine. (laughs) As
1: much as your five-year-old might have clung to you when they started kinder or prep, your 12-year-old probably wants to do the same on their first day of high school, but they'll never admit it. So how do you help your year sixer get ready for high school? It's really important that you help them get as organised as possible. I know that sounds really obvious, but that bag, help it get ready the night before. It's just exactly the same as when they were in primary. We don't want them stressing in the morning. We want them to have a cool take-off the next day. Please reassure them that it is going to be different. Yes, there are going to be lots of different classrooms and different teachers, but every single student in the same year group is going to be doing the same thing. Really be mindful that they have a good map of the school so that, and also they know where the toilet is. And reassure them that it's very rare that anyone gets their head dunked in the toilet. The number of times that was the biggest fear for students heading into middle school. I heard from a dad recently who said his son came home from his first day and hated every single thing. So that boy has found this all so wobbly that he's just painted it with the same dark brush. This is quite common early on. And just say, don't worry, everything gets easier. It will get a little bit better. Just be uplifting and positive yourself. Smile, hold your shoulders back, make it look like you've got it and therefore they're going to take that energy off you. And say, so have a good day. If you're looking for other tips on how you can build resilience in your kids, we did a great episode in the first series of Parental As Anything. I talked with Lynn Worsley, and she said that one of the best things for you to remember on building resilient kids is to let them go. It means you don't jump in as soon as they cry. You don't jump in as soon as they fall over. You pause and you let them just have a little bit of time that they can solve it themselves and start developing the skills for their own competence. (laughs) You'll find that episode in the ABC Listen app or other podcast apps like Apple and Google. And you can listen to it for free there or by using your smart speaker.